Hey, this is Omar, and this is, and that's okay. You're listening to a podcast about life, mental health, and taking care of ourselves. Hey, this is Omar, and I'm here with Martha and Amara. And the topic we're going to talk about today of course, the main topic of being self-care and how we take care of ourselves, but we're really going to get into emotional capacity. We want to start this episode with talking about work and working with coworkers. We're not going to be mentioning any names. We're going to avoid talking about where we work or our jobs or people's names. Uh, and we may bring up suggestions of things that we've done to take care of ourselves or how we've handled situations. We're not going to be over here diagnosing anybody. Um, these are suggestions. These are things and ways that we've navigated life. Do you guys want to introduce yourselves? Sure. Um, I'm Amara, and I recently graduated from Metro State University with my master's in social work. I have been working in the mental health field for about five years, and I have worked with children and families for going on 15 years, and it's definitely a population that I'm passionate about and I want to continue working with as I continue to excel in this field. You do excel. Thank you. Um, I'm Martha. I currently work on an inpatient pediatric psych unit. Uh, I've been in the mental health field also around five years. Um, and I think I've spent a lot of that figuring out what self-care looks like for me, what works for me, and also, um, encouraging other people to figure out what works for them, um, and try new things. Well, welcome. Thank you for, um, having a chance to talk about mental health and self-care and just life in general. So to start to talk about emotional capacity, I want to do kind of like a generalized generic definition. And so you guys can let me know if this is a definition you're okay with. So the definition that I, I kind of just put together is the ability to hold one's own emotions and then also try and take on others. How does that sound to you? I think that the first part of that is the most important. Um, Cause there, are, I think there are a lot of people that think they have a really good emotional capacity because they are consistently taking on the emotions of others. But I think the most important piece of that is being able to have space to process your own emotions before you're then taking on the emotions of others. I think that's a very good point. And, um, I really appreciate you saying that because taking care of yourself, we got to take care of ourselves first before we can branch out to other people. Um, so the, the first part is really important. So, to talk about work, that's where we're starting. Have you had an experience where you have a coworker or a teammate who's 
coming to you with frustrations and things in and outside of work in which you're like, do I have the capacity to hold this? Uh, can you tell me your, your experience about that? You want to start us off? Sure, I can start. Um, I feel like I've had a lot of experience with this in different ways. Um, I have been a supervisor where I had uh, my my staff, I guess that's what they'll, they'll, they're called, um, where it was my job to meet with them and talk about their frustrations with the job, um, but then would also talk about outside of work because that's always... What's happening outside of work is always going to affect your ability to do your job. Um, So it was kind of my job to be able to do that and hold that space for them. Um, But I had to make sure that I was doing it in a like healthy and effective way. Um, And I've also in the past lived with coworkers. um, So trying to find boundaries of where are we talking about work? How long are we letting ourselves talk about work? Um, Cause it's never a good idea to let that dominate the conversation, which is a very normal thing to happen when you're talking to coworkers anywhere. Um, so I've dealt with a lot of different types of this. Yes. Yeah. I definitely think about when I would go out with coworkers, 90% of the conversation in the evening would be around work and we would have to, you know, purposefully say, okay, we're only going to talk about work for the first 20 minutes and then we need to stop because it's just such a big part of our lives Mm -hmm. and especially when you work with your friends you know that's what you have in common and those conversations definitely dominate the conversation so in terms of emotional capacity where do you find yourselves in those experiences as you're sitting with co-workers outside of work who become friends a roommate that is also a coworker. How do you hold that for yourself? I feel like being really honest um, with yourself and with your coworkers is probably the best, or like one really important thing for me of like recognizing that I like had a really hard week at work and I don't have the capacity to talk about work anymore, and just letting them know like, hey, I care about you a lot, but I don't like I can't talk about work right now because my emotions are pretty spent on that topic. Um, so I feel like checking in with yourself is really important to kind of tell, like see where you're at because if you aren't in a good space, then if somebody's unloading on you, then it's just going to put you in a worse place. Yeah. Something that I actually learned, um, a classmate told me about this some months ago and it's a practice that I started doing and I want to continue to do and I think it's it can be helpful for those who have a hard time with boundaries and so when I have something that I want to talk about with a friend I'll actually start the conversation with do you have space right now because I have some stuff I'd like to talk about but really checking in with that person first and seeing if they have space and like you were just saying Martha you know sometimes you don't have the space and that gives them the time and that gives them the space to say, you know, I actually can't take that on right now. Or yes, I'd love to be here and support you through that. Um, So that's been something I've been trying to practice. And I feel like that's helpful too, because they might not recognize that yes, I have space for this or no, I don't. 
until you ask. Exactly. Because it's not until somebody asks you, do you have space for this? You're going to look and say like, oh, do I have space for this? Because if somebody was just going to be like, oh my gosh, this happened at work today and blah, 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 then I might not, I'm not going to have that time to check in with myself to say, do I actually have the space to listen to this right now? Or do I need to say, no, maybe not today. So just thinking about relationship wise there, what I, what I hear you saying is like, there's this understanding between, especially in healthy relationships between, uh, our coworkers, um, that, we have to be in a space to be able to hear each other. And then we also have to have this understanding that we need to ask first. Um, this kind of leads me into like the boundaries question of like, how do you set up boundaries within it? And you guys already started to talk about this a little bit of like, we have to have this agreement. Can we dive a little further into like, how do you set up boundaries with people, uh, especially coworkers in and outside of work to, um, in reference to uh, emotional capacity. Yeah, I mean, I feel like it's kind of tricky because you don't want to go into these relationships with all these strict rules, or I don't want to. So it really is a fine line of, you know, figuring out how to create healthy boundaries without being too strict and rigid. Um, For me, I have had a lot of coworkers, you know, come to me and want to vent and that's okay. That's the type of, I'm a good listener and I can take a lot of that in, um, when it comes to talking about things outside of work. But I have learned about myself that I have a harder time when they come to me with issues or stuff about work, because that's a commonality in our lives. And, you know, we interact with a lot of the same people and we work on the same team. And that's sometimes has been problematic for me and it's hard for me to stay neutral. Um, so I think, yeah, putting up those boundaries when those conversations come up and like Martha said, just being very honest and that, you know, this conversation, when we talk about this is hard for me. So I would appreciate maybe if we could not talk about that so much, but if you want to come to me about, you know, stuff outside of work, family drama, boys, whatever it may be, I'm here to listen. (laughs) I feel like I'm very similar of like my capacity to talk about things outside of work with my coworkers is much higher um, because it's not things that I'm actively involved in. Um, And the whole like staying neutral thing, because if a coworker comes to me and is complaining about maybe another coworker or about a patient um, and it's a coworker or a patient that I have a very positive view of, my capacity to hear them talk negatively about that person is going to be very, very low, especially if it's somebody that I feel like I have a better rapport or better relationship with. Mm -hmm. Um, That's harder for me to hear because obviously I want to see the best in everybody that I come across. Um, So I think my emotional capacity about work stuff is just like always going to be a little bit less. Mm-hmm. than outside of work stuff because the inside of work I'm like actively involved in with this person who's coming to talk to me about it. But yeah, outside of work it's like sometimes fun to talk about outside of work drama because it also can like pull you out of that for a little bit if you're at work and they're like, oh my gosh, let me tell you what happened to me yesterday with my friend and blah, blah, blah. Like that's kind of fun to be mm-hmm. like, well, we're checking out of work for a little bit and we're just like 
hanging out as friends rather than we're coworkers that are currently doing our job. Right. So here's a question. Do you consider that self-care? Um, because we're on the topic of self-care, is, is that a, a form of self-care to you? What specifically? Specifically, like, being able to check out for a little bit and talk about things yes. outside of work where you're at work. And can we expand on, like, when we talk about emotional capacity, how do we set ourselves up to care for ourselves and either prepare ourselves for it or prepare others that we're not ready for that? Um, one thing that I've started doing, so we have like a 30 minute lunch break. I will watch like 30 minutes of a show on my lunch break because I actually forget that I'm at work for those 30 minutes. And that's been really helpful for me. Um, so I think I know for not everybody, but for me specifically being able to really check out, um, is really helpful because then I feel a little bit more refreshed than if I was just like chatting with somebody during my lunch break or just sitting and scrolling on Instagram or whatever. Um, so I think for me, that's a really big form of self-care is being able to like talk with your coworkers, joke, laugh, talk about things outside of work. And then also like, even when I'm just by myself, finding ways to check out so that when I check back in, I am not as drained. So like the ability to disengage at some point, Mm -hmm. even at work. Mm Mm-hmm. Because being in the mental health field, when you're engaged, it's like you have to be fully on and present, um, and that can be really draining. So finding ways for me um, to be able to kind of not be there in the moment in my brain um, is helpful to kind of recharge in short doses rather than having to make it through a full 12-hour shift where my brain is just like on and going the whole time. Right. For me, I I would describe myself as an introvert. And like Martha just said, you know, when you're working, you have to be on. And for me, my self-care is prioritizing my alone time. And I think that's hard because a lot of people, a lot of people feel that, you know, oh, you're going to go home and be alone. Like, are you sure that doesn't sound like self-care? Because for a lot of extroverts, you know, going out and being social, that's how they get their energy. That's their self-care, which is awesome. But for someone like myself, I'm the opposite. You know, in order to wind down and to take care of myself, I need to prioritize my quiet time, my alone time. And I think that's tricky because not everyone is like that. And I think a big part of self-care is really respecting that everybody's self-care is going to be different. And there's not one way to take care of yourself and acknowledging those differences and allowing each person to figure it out on their own. I really appreciate you, you both like talking about specifically how self-care is for you, because I think that's, that's an important thing. I know for me personally, like when it comes to work stuff, I started like a year ago or even a couple of years ago, um, the seven o'clock rule. And it's basically like after seven o'clock, I don't want to talk about work so I can have that disengagement myself. Um, and so with that, just, um, that, that being said, and how difficult is it to keep on track with keeping self care at the forefront of your mind? I know we're talking about intentionality, but how, how intentional do you have to be? I feel like the more, 
Like the lower your emotional capacity is getting, the more intentional you need to be with your self-care. Um, so if your emotional capacity is really big, then yes, you should still be practicing self-care. Um, but you're going to feel a lot better about everything in general. Um, but as your emotional capacity is lessening, then the self-care is going to be even more important to be mindful and intentional about what you're doing to take care of yourself so that you can still hold that space for yourself to be able to get back to a point where you can hold space for other people. Yeah. I think you have to be pretty intentional, especially when you're starting out at a new job or with a new schedule. And then I've learned that over time, as I create a routine, self-care becomes easier. If I, you know, put it into my schedule, into my routine, then it's just kind of a basic part of my day as opposed to at the beginning, you know, if you don't quite have your schedule or your routine down, it's like trying to figure out, oh, should I do it now? When am I going to have time to work out? Whatever it may be. So I think you have to be intentional, but intentional about creating a routine in order to prioritize self-care. I agree. I think having a routine is going to be vital to you keeping on track with you. Uh, having your self-care be strong or at least developing into a stronger self-care um are there anything else like suggestions or ideas that you think uh, about trying or think others could try i think something that's been helpful for me is just asking people that have been in my job for longer than me um because especially in the mental health field turnover is generally pretty high so finding people in your job that have been there for a long time and kind of asking like what they do, what works for them, um, and trying that out and seeing if it's something that feels helpful for me. Yeah. I also think, especially within this field um, of mental health, not a suggestion I would have is not allowing the pressure. There's almost sometimes a pressure around self-care, I've learned. And I think not allowing the pressure to get to you and also not thinking that your self-care has to be, you know, the quote, normal Mm -hmm. self-care routines, working out or, you know, eating, going out to dinner or playing, hanging out with friends, whatever it may be. I think you can have odd or unique ways of self-care and, that's okay. There's no rules to self-care. So my I think... skincare routine is one of my biggest forms of self-care. Look at that. Definitely. That's so, amazing. Yeah. Or even like when we were talking about boundaries, for me, boundaries is a huge piece of my self-care mm-hmm. and it's not something like I go to the gym for 30 minutes. It's just the idea of acknowledging and being intentional about my boundaries. Well, thank you both. I really appreciate the conversation about self-care at work and emotional capacity. Um, I would love to have you guys come again and let's talk about this again, maybe changing the subject or we will change the subject if you guys want to over to emotional capacity with friends or someone you're a partner with or a spouse. How do you feel about that? Would love to. That sounds great. Thank you so much for having us. Yes. Thank you. Thank you guys. There are things we can do to take care of ourselves. And sometimes it takes time to figure it out. And that's okay. <laughs>